Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is Totally 80s, the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever. So, turn up your Walkman, loosen that scrunchie, and get ready to talk 80s with your host, Lindsay Parker. Hi, I'm Lindsay Parker from Yahoo Entertainment and Sirius XM Volume, and this is Totally 80s. Today, I'm joined once again by the other John Hughes. Hello. And the man, the myth, the legend. I'm going to just say it right now. I looked at your Wikipedia page. You were the musical director on Smash. <laughs> Music like, producer. I'm impressed. <laughs> is that the credit you do, were waiting for? Do we have for? to talk about it? <laughs> no. You've, been other, you've, you've done many other amazing things, and we can edit that out if you didn't appreciate that. But I, you, I are, <laughs> you are the songwriter behind just about every huge hit of the past oh, 10 years, including Fits in the Tantrums, Hand Clap, Panic at the Disco's High Hopes, One Direction's Rock Me, Good Charlotte's Sex on the Radio, plus songs for Train, Violent Femmes, Cobra Starship, Weezer, you were involved with Shake It by Metro Station, the most 80s song to not actually be recorded in the 80s. It, it was. was. Such a good song. It was. It was oh, that is such a banger. It was a hot record. It was so good. Was I still, so good. I just, I watch it every once in a while. I watch it like a week ago on YouTube just to get myself in a good mood. I once met with some record label cat and he said to me, uh, he said in 2009 when Gaga was on tour, on the tour bus, the anthem was Shake It. They would play it over and over and over again. She has never called. Oh, well, it's like you a lot of calls if, if Gaga calls. Well, we're going to help you because this is Sam Hollander. Yay. Yes. Did I not say that? I no. was so starstruck. It's okay. Hello, okay. Sam Hollander. It's okay. It's the strong genetics, I can tell. <laughs> there, no, seriously, your, your songs have been streamed over 4 billion times. They have. And they when have. I found out, when you yeah. found out yeah. that we were doing this podcast, you actually messaged us. I did. Demanding. <laughs> Which is the first. I did. Demanding. <laughs> yes. To be invited. And with credits like that, I was like, well, of course, well, this you know, has to happen. My, my, my BFF, uh, Adam Schlesinger, uh, appeared in episode one and uh, he told me and I just... Uh my uncomfortable jealousy kicked in. <laughs> it was awkward for both of us. And I felt, you know, man, these are my people. This is my tribe. I, I need to uh, I need to express my opinions to, the, awesome. to this forum. We so are excited I'm, because. I'm honored to be here. I'm shaking with enthusiasm. Shake, 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 yes. shake it. I, I see know. what you did there. I gave you a little wiffle ball. I took that bait. <laughs> okay. So you've obviously, as we just mentioned, you've written many hits. Yeah. So we are going to start by talking about one hit wonders. Fun. You've written for people who've had multiple hits. Sometimes you've written multiple of their hits, but some people only in the 80s, they only got one time at that. Now, before we actually talk about our favorite one hit wonders, though, I want to lay down some ground rules or sort of just clarify things because the term one hit wonder gets batted around in a way that sometimes I don't like. Like, for instance, Devo's Whip It is not a one hit wonder. They have been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The way I look at it is, well, what do you deem a hit? Well, see, technically, I guess the billboard term, like when people like the VH1 or Rolling Stone list do their list, they say 
Is it top 40, John, or is top it top 40. 100? So by those strict definition rules, Devo is a one-hit wonder. But see, the Working term- in a coal mine got to number 41. Wow. Look at you. <sighs> That's their second biggest <laughs> That's hit? That's their second biggest it's hit. It's not Freedom of Choice? or Freedom of Choice peaked at 101 on the Bubbling Under chart. Wow. So, by the way, just as a songwriter, I can tell you, whenever you see something on the Bubbling Under, <laughs> it's, paid. It's, tough to, it's tough to stomach. <laughs> You just, you just want to vomit. Yeah, it just, almost seems yeah. like getting like a gold star in class, like a participation you trophy. You try. Good <laughs> for like, you. Yeah, it's, it, there's no victory there. But I see. Okay, so I do get respect and understand the technical definition mm-hmm. that it's about a certain chart placement. I wasn't sure if it was the Hot 100 or the top. The, yeah, you well, say that's top fair. 40. Hot 100 too, I guess. Yes, yeah. but the thing is, it's a dismissive term, one hit wonder, that mm-hmm. makes it seem like the only thing that this artist contributed to pop culture was this one song that's the only thing that's going to be on their wikipedia page that's the only thing they're known for so when you talk about people like thomas dolby soft cell gary newman and cars when you talk about devo and you talk about the huge influence those bands had and the fact that you know like i said one of those bands has been nominated for the rock and roll hall of fame it's like is that a one-hit wonder compared Mm. to like curiosity killed the cat (gasps) did you say oxo whirly girl yes i did and Uh. i cut you off a whirly girl (laughs) wow This already is going downhill. How could you put such disrespect on OXO's name? I cut, cut, cut you off on OXO. <laughs> the crazy Let's thing about them. OXO is I can close my eyes. This is going to be one of the, I'm going to hit you with all these. So OXO appears on Bandstand in either 82, 83, whenever that record drops. And that cat was in what was he in? It was, he was in, he sang Foxy, right? For GQ. For GQ. So, Same guy. Yeah. So he, uh, and that was Miami. That was very Miami. Yep. It was a real Miami record. And uh, when I heard Whirly Girl, I thought, oh, my God, this is just going to, this is going to, I was, you know, I was a little kid. I was like, this is going to decimate. This is going to be gigantic. And it went away overnight. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I mean, the, it, it had such great lyrics. Whirly, 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 girl. I mean, come on. Where do you, That's like Hemingway. I wanted to <laughs> throw Dylan. Curiosity Killed the Cat's Misfit in okay. the hopper, but I don't know, did it chart? It did. It didn't make the top 40, though. I really? think I think it scraped it. Uh, like in the bottom 40s. See, these are songs like When in Rome, The Promise, oh, or yeah. Cutting Crew, I Just Died in Your Arms. They have lasting power, even though they were only one song and they right. may not have been on the charts for that long. We still remember the songs, but we would be stumped. Maybe not you guys, but like <laughs> the average person would be stumped to think of a second song, a follow up single. Yeah. I just I just know that When in Rome seems to tour year round with a different band member fronting it as yeah, the voice of When in Rome sings the like promise. Gene loves Jezebel. Yes. There's a split yeah, it's there like where, all those yeah. '80s shows. Which sometimes I go to those '80s package tour where it's like Naked Eyes, but without the singer, yeah. the outfield, but you know, only one guy. You know when in Rome, I'll when go I'll, to those shows though. 
Oh yeah, I go to them. I, I actually saw one in Rome at them, and I thought it. You know, they know they know their place in history because those are like I'm sure a lot of people listening to this go to those concerts, and it's like you know, it's a well-oiled machine. People yes. come out, they do three or four songs. If you went there to see Mark Allman do anything but "Tainted Love" and one other song, you're going to be disappointed. But they, you know, when they all get like I would say three to four songs, a right. headliner maybe maybe five or six. The guy from When in Rome comes out. He does the promise and goes, thank you. Good night. <laughs> and it's a 10 minute he version. Knows, <laughs> he knows that no one wants to hear another song. By him. He accepts his place as a one hit wonder, which I think is kind of noble of him. He's not claiming that anyone mm-hmm. wants to hear whatever. You know if what? When in Rome had a follow up single. I don't know if they even did. Right. I, I, I began to see something hap- happen. <laughs> John knows, of course. Years ago, I began to see something happen with bands that I really do appreciate. I, you know. Um, I worked with this band, Boys Like Girls. We had six top 40 hits, right? During the run, you know, or they did. I, I wrote um, two or three with them. What I would tell you about it is the first song we hit, had a hit with was uh, The Great Escape. He mm-hmm. did uh, number eight in uh, the top 40 in 2007. <laughs> and uh, just a little fact for you. Sound like me. <laughs> um, but what's great about Boys Like Girls now is Martin Johnson, the singer, is a great writer and a great talent. He uh, he figured, you know what? I'm going to open with The Great Escape Live now whenever I come, we do our comeback shows. Wow. I'm going to tease it twice during the set. <laughs> and do and it I'm going to encore with it. Wow. It's funny you say does that. Because- I saw Frankie Goes to Hollywood on their first U.S. tour in 1984 right. at the Variety Theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Excellent. And Relax was not a hit yet. Relax had got, it was originally- was we Two Tribes first? Or two no? Tribes yes. hit first in the U.S. Yeah. And then they re-released Relax. Right. But this is before that had happened. They came out. They did a couple songs. They did Relax. They did a few more songs. They did relax. Yeah. They did a few in more songs. In case people weren't relaxed enough, <laughs> right. now they were in the right mindset. Now they're relaxed. relaxed. I'm a big fan of this sort of behavior. You You bring up a good point. So, John, there are some bands that are wrongly, as I've just said, called one hit wonders. Some of them, in my opinion, are wrongly called one hit wonders because I think their legacy is more important than their one song. But there are some that are actually wrongly called it, like factually wrongly called it. And I have read on uh, various like best one hit wonders of the 80s, like listicles. Frankie goes to Hollywood as a one hit wonder. I'm like, no, they had three hits or at least two. The one that really chaps me, especially working here. Aha, take on me. They had a Bond song. They had, I mean, <laughs> Sun Always Shines on TV yeah. got to number 12. Did I it mean, get that yeah, high? it doesn't okay. get any hideous than that. The greatest cultural export to, to Germany from wherever? Uh, no, they no, had from, a, from Norway. Norway. From Nor- no, yeah. but to Germany. Oh, really? Yeah, no, oh, I didn't no, know I that. I think AHA's like fan base was fish. either the Netherlands or German. Yeah. Like more yeah. than fish? Sometimes. <laughs> Not the band fish, like that, you know, like fish. Mar- Mar- fish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fish, yeah, yeah. I don't know, like yeah, 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 the yeah. kind of fish they yeah. eat in Norway. I don't no, know. <laughs> it, uh, it's it's nutty. No, their, their career, AHA's career has been enormous in that region, but I can't. 
quote well, later records. I would argue everywhere, but here. Yeah. Well, I went right. to Norway once and yeah. like, I, I'm going to say it was 2002. I was there for a day on a trip throughout Europe and I walked through whatever, like the version of third street promenade is like mm-hmm. the shopping yeah. area of Oslo. And I guess AHA had a new record out that time. It was posters of AHA in every window. They are like what Bruce Springsteen is to New Jersey. AHA is to Oslo because they are, as you say, the biggest import. A few other people I just want to cross off the list that I don't consider one hit wonders. Spandau Ballet. Drives me nuts. I mean, I know they they had gold. Thank you. They had at least two hits here, gold and true. But only when you leave, got to number 38, I think. I mean, they're a huge band. I mean, you know, second only to maybe Duran Duran and the whole new romantic export thing that happened here. Incredible singer. It's funny. I was talking to Gary Camp a few years ago, name drop. Yep. <laughs> and uh, thank well you. And he said, because I, we were, he, he did not realize they had more, he, either he was, you know, playing me or just being polite, but he was like, no, we only had one top 40 hit in the U S true. And I'm like, no, you didn't. You yeah. had two I love more. it when you correct <laughs> people. Yeah, it's awesome. Literally correcting the songwriter. And he says, well, yeah, we had a strategy. Uh, Duran was going to take America and we were just going to take Europe and be happy with that. Wow. Hmm. And, you Do know, they have, I'm trying to envision this like kind of like summit meeting they have like at <laughs> yeah. a, yeah, in like a, a, a boardroom with like Nagel paintings on the wall. I don't think they had And they're like Duran, drinking but... champagne and they have. No, I want to envision that it was a summit where they had like a map on the wall and they had like, you know, a little stick they were like pointing to. And they're risk. like, yeah. and there was, yeah, and there's like territories mapped out. It's like, here's Spandau land and here's Duran territory right. and let's and shake hands. We'll have down under. Let's right. have this like new romantic, like truce, you know, <laughs> great moment in history. All right. But obviously Spanner Ballet had more men without hats. A lot of people call one hit wonder. They had two hits. Pop goes the world. Bam. Flock of seagulls had at least three. Yeah. Uh, Space, Space Age, Age love, love song, song for sure. Wishing. 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 And of course I ran. And maybe you want to throw in the more you live, the more you love. If you're you know, a nerd like me. You know, I'll throw strong. it all in. Yeah. And the fix. No, not that just one hit. That drives me crazy. These go over like five hits. Right? Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. That, that record what? was so deep as it was. You were on VH1, right? Lindsay, I'm looking at you yeah, as a talking head I many have. times. Mm-hmm. Did you ever want to smack them when they call the fix a one hit wonder on their well, shows? Smacks a strong. <laughs> no, I don't. But I want to correct them for sure. I'm sure they do as well. But let's rule that out. I don't want to say soft sell were a top. I don't want to uh, say Thomas right. Dolby. And I do not want to say that um, uh, Devo were at all. Let's let's focus on like the real one hit wonders, the ones that really just came and went. They they left their mark. They burned bright. They burned out. But let's go around. I want to know of the 80s, what is your favorite one hit wonder of all time? It, mine is one that I never discovered until like five or six years ago. I had no clue. because Yeah. It was like a big regional hit, apparently. Uh, I'm going to say it. You guys are probably giving me a blank stare, but it got to, you know, that magic number 38. Uh <laughs> Get wet, so lonely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's very doo-woppy kind of uh, Do song, not know this song. Produced at all. by Phil Ramone. Uh, it was 
was uh, it was. Sam doesn't have yeah. a look of recognition. I gotta say, like you know what, you have to play it. Uh, you know, hopefully we'll play it at the station break. Yes, and uh, it's it's uh, it was this. Uh, now you're just showing off. Yeah, I know. We just wanted to come up with the most obscure. Blew me away. I never, and as big of a nerd as I am, I never heard this song. They were on American Bandstand. It's on YouTube. What, is the band called Get Wet? The band's called it's Get Wet. It's a good Wet. band name. It's a. Do you it's say a man, Andrew WK? I remember the <laughs> name. name it's that? a man and a woman. They were like a cabaret New York act that Phil Ramone discovered and got him signed to Epic and they had one album and one top 40 single and and they did a remake of Where the Boys Are that's really good. They had a video for that too. Where were they from? New York. New York, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, did they have a video that was on MTV? They had a video. I don't never. I don't think it was played on MTV because it was maybe a little too adult contemporary for early MTV. Oh, we're talking 1981. How you did know? you discover this? Because you a know everything and it took you to- it stumped me on Facebook. He's like, did you ever hear of this band? And, and he posted like a link to the video. I'm like, no. And then I Google and I'm like, this was top 40. What the, who the, what the, who the, what? All right. I, I need this tonight. Yeah. <laughs> what is yours? You know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm kicking it back and forth, but. It's not whirly girl. No, you know, there's two sides, right? Now, unlike you guys, I wasn't actually alive in the eighties. I was born in the two thousands. So <laughs> I'm just aging at a very strange rate. You. It's this Benjamin button thing and let's let it go. But, um, <laughs> if I had been alive in the eighties, there are two songs that are just, just percolating in my cranium at this moment. I'm going to say captain of her heart by double. Mm-hmm. Duble. Duble. They even have <laughs> they even have it on the single sleeve. Do blay. Is there an accent mark? Yes. Okay. okay. That's incredible. Didn't know that. No that's, one that's like Come the, on, Sam. That's like the sound of you know uh, uh, late '80s joy to me. But the I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take a different approach. I'm gonna go 1980, and mm. I'm gonna go Sausalito Summer Nights Diesel. Oh my God! Wow. Great one. So that's awesome. That's that. That's the soundtrack of my 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 drives up the five, and I, I'll put it on. And it doesn't matter if it's, it's a frosty winter drive through the grapevine. <laughs> the second I hear the the sort of, I think it might, Diesel might have been a Dutch band. They were from some Scandinavia type. Yeah. And territory. I don't know if you know the lyric, but it seems to be about you know there's there's a road trip to make it from L.A. to the Bay. And the lyrics are sort of vague and somewhat nebulous, but there's a lot of like pun- imagery of this drive to Sausalito where they finally make it to a Sausalito summer night. And I'm a big Sausalito guy. So I, I, I love it. So you felt hometown this. pride from that? Well, I'm not, there is not in my hometown. It's my new home. It's, you know, oh, okay. I, I have a, I have a Sausalito spirit. Have you spent time in Sausalito? I have not. It's like a waking up in a Folgers commercial. <laughs> so What's you, the best part of waking up yes. in Sausalito? Wow. You're good. You're good. That's why you're a talking head. That's good. I love it. Yeah. Is that little uh, instrumental riff in the chorus, is that a keyboard or a guitar? I'm going to say it's a guitar. A and keyboard. Uh, Keith, we need more more keytars and, 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 the, and the and the deep the the deep octave voice though mm-hmm. all of Sausalito summer nights <laughs> so I, I, I the, that would be nineteen eighty but you know I could year by year there's so many uh, deep nuggets in every genre you guys went deep yeah I'm gonna go a little less deep it's um it's actually I'm sort of contradicting myself because I feel this band did contribute more to pop culture than just their one song, particularly in England where they had multiple hits. But 
I have to talk about it because it is my, it's not just my favorite one hit wonder. It's literally my favorite song of all time. Oh my God. All right, you're putting a lot of pressure on this. So and it's the number one song on VH1's admittedly problematic best one hit wonders of the 80s. It's Come On Eileen. Mm-hmm. This is a perfect song. Don't at me. This is a perfect song. It's literally my favorite song of all time. I just want to make it. They were Mumford and Sons. No, no, no. Three decades before their time. It's a magical song. The question is, did Jackie Wilson said, did the cover do anything? Not here. No. We talked about that on the podcast. Neither did Celtic Soul Brothers. Actually, Jackie Wilson said, it's one of the, it's it's brilliant. I discovered who Jackie Wilson was from that cover. That's the most meta thing to discover who Jackie Wilson is from a Dexys Midnight Runners cover of uh, a Van Morrison song. Yes. <laughs> like that's, that was my labyrinth to finding out who Jackie Wilson is. And that's what they did on the young ones, right? Do they do Jackie Wilson da, 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 says on the young da, da, ones? Da. Yeah, they uh, did yeah. do that. Yes. That's how I discovered that. It's song. the greatest cover ever. It's awesome. But, I mean, I obviously in the UK, they searching so for the I. young, <laughs> in the, the UK, word, like right? I believe searching for the young soul rebels was a bigger Dexys album. Yep. And yeah. they had Gino was a huge Gino song. Gino was a number Gino's one hit. Great. But yeah. here they were a one hit, absolutely a one hit wonder. And I, I mean, they were just so interesting to me at the time because, you know, they were huge on MTV. I used to sit around and like wait for the video to come on. Right. I didn't honestly have to wait that long. I had right. to wait like a half hour. <laughs> I played it constantly. But, you know, at the time, like everybody else in MTV, it was like it, they looked like they had stepped out of liquid sky, you know, makeup, slash mm-hmm. blush, huge hair, very, you know, the the robot-y like flock of seagulls look hairspray. And here were these guys in like, like I said, dungarees, right. Mumford and Sons before their time. They weren't playing guitars. They were mm-hmm. playing like washboards and banjos and like sticks and like. Like, you know, <laughs> harmonicas and like things made out of wood. And they were and, you know, it was so British and it was so different from everything that was on MTV. But it's just like a perfectly written song. And a funny story I have is many years ago, I was dating a guy it's the 90s and he was in a band that was actually signed to Warner Brothers and they were looking for a producer for their album. And they ended up going with Clive Langer and Alan Winstonley wow. at that time because it was like right after 16 Stone by Bush had come sure. out and like, mm-hmm. you know, they were sort of in that vein and, you know, Warner was like, oh, you we're know. taking this weird 90s turn. It's yeah. freaking me out. But, <laughs> so anyway, I went out to dinner one night with with uh, the band and their significant others and Clive and Alan. Sure. And of course, everyone was very excited about it. And we started talking about their credits, like shipbuilding and all this stuff. And then it came out that they had produced... Come on, Eileen. Mm-hmm. And I just lost my shit. It's all I wanted to talk about. <laughs> it's an incredible production. All I wanted to talk about. And then I found out that they were the ones that had the suggestion to put in the breakdown that was like, come on. The halftime. Uh, yeah. And I was like, that was you. You are fucking gods to me. Sorry for my friend. I was, and they actually seemed like this was the 90s where maybe like the nostalgia for that song had sort of not come around again. It was maybe they were looking at me like they were genuinely like, confused as to why I have everything on their their list and the fact that obviously they had just had this huge hit with Bush that that's all I want to talk about <laughs> and it's still all I want to talk about if they walked in I'd be like let's like, do us what song. about Madness Morrissey anything else you want to talk about that we worked on <laughs> I mean single. we could do a Clive and Alan podcast <laughs> yeah. some other time but I, I I was so into this song and like I said um I actually think that 
Do you think people thought they were a novelty act because they looked so different from all the other stuff that was going on in the eighties because of the the yeah. the dungarees? Because they were one step away from having like the upside down metal bucket with a big stick and a big piece of string for the but, base. But, yeah. but didn't Men Without Hats sort of take that same thing in that video? The as medieval. Well, uh, well they yeah. were more medieval, yeah. like with a little right. Um, but they're, they're they're men of the land. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they sure. were educational, though. This is also how I discovered who Johnny Ray was. Yes, yeah. right. Yeah, but I, you know, there's a painful moment on the simpsons do you ever remember like they've parodied the grammys on the simpsons yeah and there's this one how can you blame them yeah sorry no i can't either (laughs) actually yeah there's another simpsons episode where like so homer like loses the grammy and he says something like oh it's okay i want to win an award that matters but that's (laughs) such shade but there's this one episode where homer and his friends have a barbershop quartet yes and they're up for best new artist and they lose and they lose um they say something like I'm I'm trying to remember, but they say something like, oh, you beat you. I think they win, actually. But they say, oh, you beat Dexy's Men at Runners. And Humber goes, that's okay. We'll hear from them again. And I'm like, oh, that's like a knife in my heart because the first album I ever owned was Two Rye A. Oh. He passed a long time ago, right? Kevin Rowland? No, no he's, he's around. around. Wearing, yeah. He's wearing skirts and stuff. I was just yeah. testing you guys. Oh, yeah, good. Do. Don't <laughs> scare <laughs> me like that, Sam. I was really upset for a moment. But actually, I want to take get your take on this, Sam. So yeah. actually, we've talked about Come On Eileen on the show before, mm-hmm. me and John, on the podcast. And we were talking about how we don't understand why... Celtic Soul Brothers wasn't a hit, or we understand why, but we don't understand why radio and MTV in particular, who played the hell out of Come On Eileen, didn't get behind the second single. And that's my first memory, that particular song, Come On Eileen, being a one-hit wonder, of the phenomenon that someone could have a really big hit, but if for some reason the powers that be decide not to get behind the follow-up single, you're that you're good, they have doomed you to one-hit wonder status. As someone who's written... A bunch of songs, some of which were, you know, followed up by another big hit, some of which weren't. Like, what are your thoughts on that? Like, the fact that a band like Dexter's Minute Runners, who have a lot of other good songs, could be a one-hit wonder just because MTV was like, eh, we're going to play Celtic Soul Brothers literally once and then never play it again. Was Steel Breeze, You Don't Love Me Anymore? You don't want me anymore. MTV played that a yeah, few times. Yeah, okay. I just, I don't know why they came ahead. They, um, do, you know they had, do you know they had two top 40 hits? There's a, what's the follow-up Steel I Breeze I can't hit? remember, but I know they've had two. That's an incredible fact. The yeah. video um, for that sucked, which is probably why right. they didn't have a fault. But the video right. for Celtics Brothers from which I've seen on YouTube since and sat around waiting for MTV to watch the premiere, which was probably the only time they played it. That was a good video. I have never understood um, or chose to understand the metrics of the music business and sort of the, the decisions that are made because, you know, I've seen the, I mean, look, shake it was, uh, I guess four times platinum, something like that. Massive record for Metro station, the follow up 17 forever. I always thought was the more interesting song and it came out and it, it eked its way to gold, mm-hmm. but it peaked it, you know, 28, 29. I remember it just disappearing overnight. Well, that makes him a, that's and, a hit. According to John's, it was, but you know, but the problem is in the industry, I think once a a single cracks top 10, I think the uh, expectations for the follower up are are at least cracking top 15. So when something, because you're getting a little bit of a layup, right? You're getting the mulligan, like immediately you're coming out of the gate, you're going to get those early ads and, you know, you should be able to. Cross number, you know, cross 30 pretty quickly, you know, if you're coming off of a top three single, right. you know, speaking of 30, 
the second Steel Breeze single. Give it to me. Dreaming is easy. Peaky, Which I have no memory at number of. Number thirty. So there are, two hit, there are two hit wonder then. They are two were Steelbreeze Canadian? They were American. <laughs> they felt Canadian. They, they, wanna, they definitely felt Canadian. They're from Sacramento. Okay. I want to create, I want to just offer one more fun fact before I finally stop avenging the sadness that Dex and Matt Runners only had. Since one I killed hit. off your singer anyway. That's <laughs> <laughs> how rumors get started, Sam. <laughs> uh, the character of Eileen in the music video, who yeah. was also on the cover yeah. of the, of the uh, single, that's 45, is Marie Fahey. Sister of Siobhan from Bananarama. Uh, incredible Which, fact. You who, could kind of see that. Who was wearing uh She was wearing the dungarees with no shirt. First. She Siobhan was a, or? Siobhan was a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Certainly on the Fun Boy 3 record. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, one of those bands that someone goes, Bananarama, one hit wonder, and I want to throttle them. No, there's I'm, no way that there's a one hit wonder. I, I yeah. go deep on Bananarama. Right? I, I back Bananarama to the end. But let's well, talk about. Are you, are you a Swain Jolly guy or a uh, Stock Aikman Waterman guy? I'm a Stock Aikman Waterman mm-hmm. guy, but I would say Sway and Jolly. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Apples and Oranges. They right. both had perfection. Two different bands, right? Yeah. Now, where does it end for you, a Stock Aikman Waterman? Oh, what, what's uh, the last great single? Because I debate this all the time. And from I knew Bananarama? Or just no from Stock Aikman oh, Waterman. Oh, Stock Aikman Waterman. Gosh. I thought we should do a Stock Aikman yeah, Waterman Yeah, when, when they get into the Kylie stuff and Jason Donovan, I'm out. But there's Gross. one great Gross. single that what? never yeah. gets the credit it deserves. What? Unfortunately, th- we can save it for totally 90s when we regroup. <laughs> but uh, That's What Love Can Do by Boy Crazy is oh, a perfect I have to listen single to Stock Aikman Waterman. Is that Boy Crazy with a K? With a K. <laughs> of course. And a big, big hit on... Uh, Next Plateau Records and Tape. Hmm. Is it crazy with two E's? In my soul it is. <laughs> <laughs> so. We should do a Stock Aikman Water Room podcast. Definitely but let's that. get back to One Hit Wonders that okay. we cannot really in any way argue. There's nothing else on their Wikipedia page to say that they were a two-hit wonder. There's no number 38. Right. Probably one of the greatest one-hit wonders from my childhood, mm-hmm. just because I like to play the game so much, is Pac-Man Fever by Buckner and Garcia. Oh, that's a jam. Cause I got Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. It's driving me crazy. It's driving me crazy. I got Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. I'm going out of my mind. I'm going out of my mind. I got Pac-Man fever. Pac-Man fever. I'm going out of my mind. Pretty much, pretty certain we can't be like, no way, Ode to a Centipede. That was bubbling under. What about Go Frog or Go? That peaked at number four. I, you're leaving out Do the Donkey Kong. I, with you didn't let the, me finish. In parentheses. I have the, the cassette of the <laughs> album. But I mean, talk about a band that just left the, it, captured a moment in time, and then we're like, we're out. I Did have they have t- a second album? Let me tell you something. <laughs> Little known fact is I produced the Buckner and Garcia follow-up. Wait, what? Um, I did Tetris. And <laughs> people are still talking about Be it. my Game Boy. Yeah. I, you know what? Pac-Man Fever was... was uh, I when 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 I uh, when I try to form a snapshot of it, I remember it being used any time that the nightly news in New York, the, mm-hmm. the local news, would do a piece on the the, the Atari phenomenon mm-hmm. or arcades 
cut to Pac-Man fever. It was like, it was always spliced into every news piece. I don't remember ever hearing it on a station in America. Oh, they played I, it I'm a lot sure they did, in LA. In Cleveland, it was In LA, really, they played it all the time. Like, was it was like in high rotation. a little rash of video game theme songs. There was one by Uncle Vic called Space Invaders that wow. they played. Right, John, and, yeah. going deep. I mean, I know. the Buckner and Garcia good. album had a, had a love ballad, Ode to a Centipede. It went, Centipede, you can't run away. You're no, not. I have the album. Right. Go Frog or Go. Go Frog or Go. Oh, you gotta keep on like, hopping till like you I'm get in to the, the midst top. of giants right now. Like, <laughs> they were, this is like, this is they were on American Bandstand. And they, Garcia? Yeah, Buckner and Garcia. It's on YouTube. Go check it out. They look like two uh, two guys that do the books for like your neighborhood bar. And maybe did. They did. Yeah, and they're kind of like yeah, like those, the bow tie. That got, like, but they saw an opportunity they, yeah. and they jumped on it. They were like, Pac-Man is sweeping mm-hmm. the nation. I like it. Kids are obsessed with Pac-Man. I had a dance to Pac-Man, which won't really translate to this podcast. <laughs> but me and my best friend and my sister, we had a podcast where we went Pac-Man and we did like a biting hand Pac-Man. Mm-hmm. And then we put our hands across <laughs> our brows oh, and swipe. Like so it. we were like. Pac-Man, you know, fever. People don't know we're doing this together right now. But um, And then for the, it was pretty much a yeah. sign language dance. Then yeah. for the, it went, I, for the part that goes, it driving me crazy. We did a driving thing where we <laughs> pretended to steer a wheel. Mm-hmm. And then for crazy, yep, we did. We did the thing where you swirl your, right. so there it was, I wish this was on video because you're not ca- seeing the magic of this dance. Hopefully you'll record all, later for bonus for, material. For, yes. Every time I hear this song, I kind of, without even realizing it, start to do the dance. I don't hear it often, but I would say <laughs> it's not really um, one that gets on the eighties well, flashback you know, lunch on the it radio. It would be nice if those guys got invited out to one of the, you know, bring them out to the forum to that show <laughs> next said. month. I, like one of them see, is actually know? dead. I don't remember if it's oh. Buckner and Garcia, but one of them is is passed away. That's see, not a rumor. Oh, I think Kevin you're making Rowland. this up. Kevin Rowland's alive. <laughs> no, because I'm like, I, not to sound disrespectful to dead, but I'm like the one person that when like the news alert was like that one of them had died was like, oh, no, not Garcia. <laughs> right, I well, really well, Garcia. Pour or out Buckner. a little bubbly water today for the. <laughs> I, co- I collect Pac Man memorabilia. It's like the only video game I'm good at. And it's the only video game I really like because so many other video games are violent, mm-hmm. shooting yeah. people, yeah, whatever. Sure. And this one is about something we all enjoy binge eating. Right. <laughs> Cherries and, and, and taking bananas pills. And, and taking pills. pills. And, and lots of dashes. Very yeah. 80s. Right. right. Very 80s. So what's your worst one hit wonder? I can oh. start. Uh, mine was definitely, without a doubt, Will to Power, Baby, I Love Your Way, <sighs> slash Free Bird. It's I mean, deadly. it wasn't even, it was just two shitty covers. Oh my God. You know, first of all, let's take two songs that were overplayed uh, in the Midwest all through the 70s and mash them up and take away any spirit or bite that they may have had. And again, a band you really have to see on video because you have this, you know, they look like a fairly attractive couple in their early 40s maybe they look like swingers <laughs> yeah and he's got this long they just it's like they did a song for their key party yeah it's like everybody come on in i'm embarrassed to to, i'm embarrassed to say that i heard both of those songs for the first time via that cover oh my i know it's a you would think you i would have grow heard, up in la yeah <laughs> is that true really yeah even wow. the, well i feel like at some point in my youth i must have heard them Mm. the real versions of them but like i when i first heard the will to power single i was not aware they were covers and i thought to myself these aren't good songs what's your worst 
My worst is hard to say. I'm a positive person. Aww. I had a list of ones I really liked. Um, That's no fun. I will say that when I heard Lunatic Fringe come on MTV. <sighs> the tough record. Uh, okay, there are two songs. One of them's not a one-hit wonder, but there are two songs that videos that when they would come on MTV were immediate like bathroom or sandwich break. And they felt like they were 11 minutes long and I wanted to die. One of them was Lunatic Fringe. And we by are Red locked Rider. on the second one. Big Log by Big Robert Plant. Now Plan. he's obviously not a one hit wonder. He, he did a few other things in his career. But my God, that was a big turd. Just Big log indeed, but Red Red Rider by I mean I know Tom Cochran had uh, Life Is a Highway. Right. He went on to do other things, but like this, that song was so like turgid and it dragged and it didn't the help that the video minute, was really sucky. Yeah, it's that first minute where it's just like you know yeah. synthesizer. You're like get to the chorus. It just sucked like all the life out of me. I'd be like really excited. I'd be sitting there waiting for Come On Eileen to come on for the seventh <laughs> time that day. I'd be really excited because Martha Quinn had said you know when like the little like right. animated flag comes up it's like coming up in the next half hour. I'd be like cool Come On Eileen's coming on and they'd be like but first lunatic French FML I didn't actually say Mm -hmm. that because people didn't say FML back then but what's your worst I mean, it's, that's a, this is a tough one for me. Um, I wasn't a big hairband guy. Mm. So there are a lot of things that could fall into that category that just weren't my taste at the time. There was like a Slaughter single, I remember. Whatever the Slaughter were are. like the last yeah. gasp of that. Yeah, the, 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 the end of that era, there were a bunch of things. Trickster. Trickster, Slaughter. And um, those singles stick out to me as like records that I just um, I couldn't get with on any level. But, you know, but now looking back on it, you know, you know, which, which record I, I, I would say growing up in New York, if I say a record that was huge, but every time I heard it, I just I felt uncomfortable was <laughs> Silent Morning by no, Noel. Oh, yeah. You know, by it was who? a real club record. Noel, right? Noel, Silent Morning. Yeah. <gasps> Lindsay is stumped again. It's, it was a freestyle wow, I feel record. Like a failure. Yeah. On the freestyle, on the freestyle tip, I was a big fan of sort of what Expose was doing. Sea Bank, one you more know, shot. Sea Bank is now great. That's, that's a hot record. I don't even know if that was considered yeah. a hit outside of LA, but that's that, an LA record. It's an LA yeah. record. Such but no, a good but it, we had more of the Sweet Seduction and Sweet Sensation, or maybe Seduction <laughs> and Sweet Sensation. Catch me, I'm or, falling. And, yeah. yeah. Well, Pretty Poison. That's actually one of the greats. That's awesome. That's an A plus record. Mm-hmm. There was something about Silent Morning. I think when Noel performed live, um, he would get on stage and the beat would drop and he'd flick a cigarette in the crowd immediately. That was the shtick, like, you know, yeah. lit cigarette in the crowd, which is always a, a bold look, but you know, I uh, <laughs> hope he for, wasn't sure. Yeah. For some reason, like was it was the lyrical content. It was, it just, like, cause you know what it's about, right? Yes, I know. No, yeah, I don't yeah. tell me. It's about AIDS, HIV, yeah. someone oh, dying. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. a socially conscious. Song. Yeah. 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 It, it wasn't no lyrical content's great. I love yeah. it. It was something about the vocal performance that mm-hmm. just wasn't my thing at the right. time. For some reason, silent morning, it was really big where I grew up and that yeah. I always had a hard 
hard time with. I just it, never loved the record. Huge club hit. Huge. Yeah. There were some club hits that I wrote down that I liked, but let me ask you if you consider these to be one hit wonders. What's on your mind? Pure Energy by Information Society. I'm going to hit a couple hits. I'm going to hit the reject on that one. Okay. You have Walking Away and yeah. Think. That think was, by the way, that was mm-hmm. a Tommy Boy Records and Tapes, uh, you know, and it was Tommy. I think it was their one foray into sort of that sort of uh, electro pop thing. And, uh, I, you know, having done all the Bambata stuff and something coming out of that, they segued into Pure Energy. Well, and, it started uh, with... Uh, the twelve inch of running, yep. which was a big um, breakdance yep. uh, jam. Okay, Funky Town, that's a one-hit wonder. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, Seabank, we mentioned. Yeah. We haven't even talked about one of my favorite one-hit wonders, Baltimore's Tarzan Boy. Aww. That's a one-hit wonder, That's a right? great single. Poor yeah. Baltimore. Yeah, he, he passed very young, yeah. right? He that was an incredible AIDS, record. Exactly. That yeah. was an incredible record. Do you, you guys don't know this, but I got my start at uh, 18. I was signed to a production deal. Um, I, I was rapping and singing this huh. weird sort of pop hybrid that didn't really have, didn't really work. Please really, tell me this really stuff's li- on YouTube. Oh, of course. <laughs> didn't really light up the charts, but what I would tell you about it was, um, I was signed in a production deal with the system, Mick, McMurphy and David oh, Frank. Wow. So don't disturb this groove. Yeah. It had been like a prom song for me that I was really into. And then a year later, these guys signed me at 18 wow. and, um, um, I would say so that, you know, I do not, I don't know if, uh, if Sweat actually, uh, or you were in my system or any of that stuff. Say, uh, you were in my charted. system. I know from Robert Palmer. Yeah, that's right. how I know. That's not, yeah. he, he, that's a cover song? It's a cover of The oh, System. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I know it was song. a big uh, R&B hit. The System, these guys yeah. were so fresh. And, you know, um, David goes on and, and does Genie in a Bottle mm-hmm. for oh, Christina. Wow. But, you know, he he did a lot of the synth work on some of the Shaka Khan stuff. He might have done some synth work on Feel For You, certainly on that album. And yeah. David Frank was badass. And he, uh, um, those guys scoop me up very young, but don't disturb this groove to me. If 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 the system are deemed a one-hit wonder on a pop side, it is the perfect pop yeah. record of that time. We got to talk about some other clubby songs that I enjoy. We got to talk about, wait for it. Laid back white horse is that a hit? Uh, it it's a, a hit, hit in my world. It's a worldwide. It's hit. a club record. It's did they have any other songs? They did overseas. Okay. They did not okay. here. But that was a. They, I was on Sire. I was at a top forty hit here. It's a great record. What it, about? It was exciting because uh, we all got excited in high school because he says bitch. That's big. <laughs> yeah, it's a big, big, big time, big, big thing back then. You didn't grow up in Los Angeles. We didn't no. blink an eye at yeah. that. I don't think I realized what that song was about though. Yeah, I still late. think people don't yes. know. Google. I'm like horses are horses are fun. It's about They're cleaning cute. products. Yeah, exactly. Why? 
Also, uh, we don't have to take our clothes off by Jermaine Stewart. Again, that was a banger. Why do you keep mentioning the people who okay. died? The, and the word. Well, is, Kevin Rowland's still alive, so we can I take solace in that. Jermaine Stewart. Two two things I want to say. One, yeah. the word is out is the better single of yes. the two. Oh wow, the word 100%. is out is, is the work of art. Two. You guys said that because you know that I interpolated that record with Gym Class Heroes into a top 20 hit in 2006, mm-hmm. Close Off. And I did that because I adore Jermaine Stewart Yay. and his work. Here's the thing. We have Awesome. Do you do you, um, argue that he's not a one hit wonder then? He's a one hit wonder. Yeah. The no. word is out is an incredible singer. UK, very big though. Yeah. He had many hits in the UK, S- along with Shalimar. Solid, tra- sol- uh, uh, sorry, uh, a soul trained dancer? Oh, wow. No, was Jermaine the soul trained dancer? I'm, I'm, this is where I mean, I'm the Shalimar guys were, but yeah. I believe for some reason Jermaine, Jermaine been. may have been. Know. Yeah. Well, another song that actually got interpolated or sampled on a huge hit is Genius of Love by Tom Tom Club. Now, uh-huh. obviously, two of the people in Tom Tom Club are in a band that could never be called a one hit wonder talking right. heads. But are Tom, is that a one hit wonder? Did- Wordy Rapping Hood, also my favorite single on that record. Huge too. everywhere, but here, yeah. Wordy Rapping Hood, I think was number one in Italy. Yeah. And what, yeah. I, what I love about this podcast is any one hit wonder we could throw out, we could, yeah. we, <laughs> between the yeah. three of us, have yeah. an argument, be like, no, right. that one song was number 39 in in This is called a nerd. Fest. Sweden. It is. Yeah. I great. love Pleasure of Love, though. Oh. First single from yeah. Close to the Bone. That's Amazing. great. Song. Somebody's Amazing. Watching Me by Rockwell. Now, that's yeah. a one hit wonder, right? No. Uh, other songs. Obscene phone caller got is in the top forty. <laughs> is that true? That's what I'm saying. Absolutely. You, you get the other look. Okay. But yeah, let me that's ask when you something. Does like momentum? But doesn't Rockwell really? If if Michael isn't on the record. You I know. mean, wasn't the story with that is that he was Barry Gordy's son, yeah. but Motown didn't know. Yes, right. Because he like, you know, like he Tori auditioned. Like, you took it out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's my joke. You took my punchline. Sorry. Bastard. That was my, oh, I, was, I was sitting. Tori was on the tip of my tongue. Yes. My dad didn't know yes, I auditioned I, for 90210. I, I, I auditioned as Tori Schwartz. No yeah. one had any idea. Well, yeah, apparently, apparently Rockwell Gordy, whatever his yeah. real name is, uh, like sent uh, in an anonymous uh, audition or I'm like, sure, Jan, sure. How can I unwind or get some rest receiving sick phone calls from a lonely pet? Exactly. What about the Rain Orange Juice Jones? Is that that's a one hit wonder? Yeah. That's one of the great New York so records. Good. Yeah. That's one of the great. Look, you're just a squirrel looking for a nut. The best is yeah. I think last season or the season before SNL did a sketch about that which video. Was, I which saw was it so too. random and yeah. weird. I hadn't seen the video in a really long time, and I actually was seeing someone, Josie Cotton, who I think some people would call a one hit wonder sure. for Johnny. Are you queer? Even though I, of course, like had her entire career. album yep. and loved Valley Girl and all that. But I saw her play at like some 80s show, Missing Persons, uh-huh. who also are not a one-hit wonder, were performing at the Canyon in Agora. 
and they were showing them the most random 80s videos in between. Right. And the Orange Juice Jones video came on, on a big screen. It was glorious. And I was watching it and I did not remember that it was like this 11 minute song where like the last <laughs> eight minutes of it are him he, just like telling this chick off. He just talks forever. He's like, and oh, and another thing, pack up that. Oh, and here's your records. And you, you know, he just, it's like, did he ad lib that? Did well, we know that was scripted? I think he took scripted? the best of those 70s soul intros, like on a Manhattan's record on yeah. Kiss or so, Say Goodbye or any of these things. You know, he, he, he took that notion and he thought, you know what? I don't need a bridge. I don't need anything. I'm just going to go. And I remember taking that journey with him in my car a million nights. <laughs> Many times. I'm really an Orange Juice Jones because that, 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 that time period, especially in New York, you had Orange Juice Jones. The two records that I think really are, are the poster child of that thing. It was that and Shake You Down. It was Gregory yeah. Abbott, right? And those were the two records. That was the sound of the city that mm -hmm. summer. I remember those were records, man. I'm just curious. I'd love to talk to him, get some intel if that was a scripted bit. Or if they just were like, go in the studio and just start talking Why shit. Why don't we call him? I'm sure he's available. <laughs> Is he around? I mean, I've heard, you know, I think he's around. Because yeah. I, it to me it has, and I don't mean this in a shady way. I mean this in the best oh. possible way. It feels like and ad-lib that he just went off mm. and they just were like, you know hope. what? All of this is yeah. gold. We're leaving all of it on the song. That's right. Now close your mouth because you cold busted. That's right. Now sit down here. Sit down here. So upset with you. don't know what to do. And my first impulse was to run up on you and do a Rambo. Whip out the jammy and flat blast both of you. But I ain't want to mess up this $3,700 Lynx coat. So instead... I chill. That's right. Chill. Then I went to the bank. Took out every dime. And then I went and canceled all those credit cards. Yeah. All your charge counts. There's so many other songs I could talk about. There's uh, Obviously, we can't go on forever because well, the 80s were just chock full. But I don't want to end without throwing a few more in the mix. There's a subgenre of one-hit wonders. TV Late. stars that had one hit in oh, the 80s. Oh, like Jack Wagner? Jack Wagner, Don Johnson, mm. Heartbeat, uh, Eddie Murphy, Party All the Time. Party all Well, you don't consider Boogie in your butt a one-hit wonder? <laughs> Kara played it all the time. Kara played that all. It's such a, like politically incorrect I song think now. It charted though. Part it was on K-Rock all uh, the time. It was like a novelty. It kind of like Pac-Man fever, but you know, everyone thought it was really funny. I want to see Sam's face for this one. Cheryl Ladd, think it over. His face is... I don't know. <laughs> one wow. of I know Cheryl Ladd and, yeah. and I'm... I You'd love the single sleeve. It's basically her what in a satin starter jacket. Like I would hope. Buttoned down to her, you know, buttoned to her what nose. What about Rapid Rodney yeah. by Rodney Dangerfield? Oh, yeah. There's I mean, the, he's a TV star, sure. I guess. Rapid Movies. Rodney was a hot little record. Yeah. That was a great record. You know, I, I'm i always in fan... I'm always a fan of a TV star going for it, right? <laughs> like, why not? You know, I mean, going back to Travolta doing, you know, Let Him In, right? Oh, yeah. yeah let Her In. What, oh, let Him God. In. Let Her In. Let Her In. Did Joni and Chachi have any chart hits? In my, in my <laughs> heart, in my world, uh, look I at look me, look at, at me you. Is, the, yeah. is the jam. You look at me and suddenly, <laughs> suddenly it's magic. I mean, that was, they tried. Yeah. They tried. They I were bubbling under. Oh, Leaf Garrett. I Leaf mean, Garrett. Was that 80s though? I that think was it was more 70s. He crosses it at 80 at one point, right? David Naughton, Making It. Making It, by the way, Making It, it. is oh, a great song. Brilliant song. Michael Damien right. from The Young oh, and the Restless, the only soap opera I've ever watched and I completely crushed on him. And yeah, I I will freely admit I did not know the David Essex version. Huh. I remember being home during the summer. I know they must have had this be a summer episode when kids were home watching the soaps. And I remember Danny Romilotti doing 
rock on yeah. at like whatever the peach pit after dark version of the young and the restless <laughs> yes. was like their local like mm-hmm. oh it was, it was like called like antonio's or Giorgio's. it was like or mario's it was like an <laughs> italian eatery where maybe it was called romalotti's actually it might have been a family business scorpios hey. yeah and, Scorpio. Dan, and danny <laughs> sings rock on there and i was like yeah this is rock music let me tell you this something. is edgy when and that cool. record dropped i was already like a complete like just absolute asshole. Like I was just, <laughs> I, I had totally morphed into like record snob by the time I was, you know, 14 or 15. And I remember like lecturing, like, no, you know, this is no David Essex. <laughs> yes. No David Essex. <laughs> you don't know you. David Essex. We had parallel yeah. lives. Yeah. I was uh, working at Cam's record shop when awesome. I was 14 years old. And the reason they hired me is because people would come in while I'm there going through cassettes and shopping and they would go, I'm looking for a song. The video is a guy with long hair <laughs> and he gets caught like by a mobster and shot or something. I'm like, Tony Carey, a fine, fine day. And they'd go, oh, thank you. And by the way, yeah, love fine, fine day. Another one hit wonder. It's an amazing, um, that that's a great one hit wonder. And yeah. I just want to give you guys one little eighties tale that I think just, just jumping off of John. I worked at the Bazaar Mall in Mount Kisco, New York. I worked at Fave Shoes where I was a stock boy. Right. Um, uh, I was across diagonal down about 50 yards from the, uh, I want to say the record exchange, whatever it's called, the sound con, whatever, whatever the, it was the local chain that kept changing names. Mm-hmm. But the big, uh, the big sort of uh, awakening for me was that John Waite lived in our town at the height of missing you. you Not know? a one-hit wonder. By Change is a banger. Well, Change I saw him banger. on one of those bullshit lists. Oh no, no Change never. Change is the jam. Also, and the babies get them in anyway. Yeah, but okay. Go on. The and you know the word of mouth for many of the, my friends who worked at the record store. They didn't hire me, of course. You right. know, and the guy who didn't make the cut at the record store. How you like me now? Um, <laughs> exactly. But, uh, You're not bitter about yeah, it. Yeah, not in the least bit. Uh, John Waite, though supposedly would stand in front of the John Waite records and look around to see if anyone was sort of like noticing. And I'll tell you the funny thing about it is as time went on, I used to just vilify this guy. I was like, Oh man, what a clown, you know? But the truth is I'm that guy now. Yeah. You're I'll standing sta- by the Metro station stand section. Be like, <laughs> You're standing by the soundtracks, put in the smash single record in the front. Oh. I'm not being shady. I loved smash. You know what? Here's the thing about smash smash. Um, I worked in the second season. Let me be smash. your star. Sam, I didn't do that, oh, um, but uh, I did work with uh, with uh, I did I worked with uh, Broadway Broadway Here I Come, which was Jeremy Jordan, and I believe that chart in the Hot 100 mm-hmm. um, beyond bubbling under. But what I would say about it is uh, Smash was a fascinating experience. There were probably 15 executive producers on the show, uh. including Stevens uh, Spielberg. And as I well. am frequent to mention, sometimes you would get notes that say SS likes SS don't. And <laughs> as a Jew, as you know, you yeah, never hear exactly. SS. You just get a little, it's never a yeah, good, a little uncomfortable. So yeah, I don't know. Smash- Sorry, I don't, I'm actually not being shady. I love yep. smash. My friend, Jim Cantiello, he used to do a, a YouTube series called smashed. <laughs> where people would get drunk on wine and watch. It was like Mystery Science Theory 3000. It was, I thought, you know what? I thought it was a great mm-hmm. idea. And there are moments of it that were incredible. And, it, you know, for me, it was a learning curve. And I worked with some really great people on it. But it was uh, it was such a wild ride. And, you know, when, I, when it flamed out, it was so <laughs> sad because everybody knew it was ending at once. And it's mm. awful when the plane is going, uh, you know. That, well, I do apologize that of all the things I could have honed in on your resume, it was that. No, but let's go with it. Let's go with it's it. Very, it sort of ties into what we're talking about. There are artists who have done a lot in their lives. Smash was like a half a hit wonder. 
Yeah. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, but you know, there are artists like, you know, The Vapors or Tony. Mm. Talk about, let's talk about Tony Basil. Crazy ass resume. She was in Easy Rider. Mm-hmm. She choreographed all these people, choreographed monkeys. She mm-hmm. was in the movie Head. She was in the Lockers. She's done all, so much stuff with her career. But what do people remember her for? That cheerleading outfit. That. <laughs> I stood oh, Mickey. Mickey. <laughs> I let, let's just Which say is that. a great one of the greatest one hit wonders ever. Right. And I'm sure you guys know that it was a cover of a racy song. I'm of sure course. you know that. I, Chap and Chin. Uh, yes. One, two. I stood next to her at a funeral last month. Oh, no. And it was very uncomfortable because I wanted to fanboy her. Oh. And, you and I felt to. like maybe the wrong room for it. But man. I've seen her at Whole Foods and wanted to <laughs> she, fanboy her. I wanted her to reenact the shop in A to Z. Yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. I love shopping. (laughs) She's real cool, man. Watching her, she is real cool. But her resume is crazy. She choreographed for David Bowie Mm -hmm. on the Diamond Dogs tour. She was an easy rider. But when, you know, someone looks at her Wikipedia page or when it comes time, you know, hopefully not anytime soon for her obituary, it'll be like Mickey Singer, Tony Basil. That's what she'll be known for. Smash fan. And smash. There you go. You right. know what? Right. You don't know. Who knows? You don't okay. know. But that is probably one of the greatest one hit wonders. I, I would think say. so. It always it makes it on every list. It's a good way to wrap it up too. Well, there's yeah. one more subset Uh-oh. I want to say because yeah. I just want to make sure we get this song. And there was you talked about subcultures of one hit yeah. wonder songs. There was a, a small little subculture or subset of songs that were about numbers on bathroom walls. She <laughs> yes. tricks. Uh, she's tight. She's tight. Yeah. Bathroom wall by Faster Pussycat. Yeah. But the king of them all is eight six seven five three zero nine. Tommy Two Tone. Mm-hmm. Sure. He. That's a one hit wonder, right? What I if am- I told you, he's not a one hit wonder, and he had a top forty hit before eight six seven. I would not believe you. In nineteen eighty, Angels Say No got to number thirty eight. Incredible. Okay, I guess it counts. I guess it counts. Let's let's wrap it up. I want to ask just as a, one last question. Give it to me. There are some artists who are considered wrongly or rightly to be one hit wonders or basically known for one song. Yes. And I remember I went to see Scritti Politti about 10 years ago, five years ago was when Scritti Politti are great. And I don't consider them a one hit wonder, but a lot of people do. And they, they played the Roxy. Green comes out. And he goes up to the mic before they have sung a note and says, just so you know, we're not going to do a perfect way tonight. And everyone booed because it's like, that's right. the song. There are some artists that are very comfortable with their legacy. Did he do it or no? No, they did not. He did Woodbees and he did um, Boom, There She Was. He yeah. did some of their other hits. But no, they had a new album promoting it. But no, they did not do A Perfect Way. That's why. And there were people who were disappointed. I'd be disappointed. Yeah. So there are some artists that are very comfortable with their legacy of being a one hit wonder. They're like, well, that's more hits than most people get. And they embrace it. As you said, there'll be like bands that will just like do their, their one hit twice. Mm -hmm. And then there are some others that really have a problem with it. They really are angry that they're only known for like one song and that they, you know, how, how do you feel about that? Especially someone who's worked with artists, Sam. You know, my philosophy is that we're all so incredibly lucky to have anything that resonates on any level ever that to to take any offense to any labeling is nuts to me if you get an opportunity to have a song heard like my songs that have resonated like it's the most incredible feeling in the world and if i if it I, if i had just had had one song that made it through 
I'd be totally cool with that. Just the fact that it comes on at Whole Foods and hmm. people are smiling and people are singing along when I'm on the checkout line. That's why I do this. So I, 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 I don't get it. I, you know, like Mark McGrath gets on stage every night and Mark's a really good friend of mine and Mark, Mark had it, you know, there are a lot of Sugar Ray hits, but you know, this is a guy who he, he gets it. Like he just wasn't one of their albums called like 15 minutes or yeah, something. 1459 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's in on it, but what, like that's the spirit. Mark is a perfect example of how, how an artist I think should approach this where he's just, he's having fun with it. If there's another hit, there'll be another hit, but he also understands the significance of what these songs mean to people. And mm-hmm. I think that's what more artists need to do. Never. Mm-hmm. And, and it breaks my heart that you say that about Scritti Politi because I'm a, Huge fan. It was like, still a good show. Like, he's doing it now. He's doing it. Again. Oh, okay. He's, he's go added it back okay. to the set list. They got to come back so, to yeah. LA. Because Cupid and Psych to me was one of the most oh pivotal, pivotal records of my childhood because it, it's those David Gamson drums mm-hmm. and the voice against it and the writing and the sophistication mm-hmm. of it. It was, I think that was as close to perfect pop of the 80s. That There's record. There's a whole different podcast about Cupid and Psyche 85 yeah. and, and just influence incredible. on. Janet Jackson and everything oh, yeah. that came And there's after. a whole other podcast about bands like that that actually are known for a certain era of music, like Human League or whatever, mm-hmm. but actually had a whole like weird beginning to how they right. were Love and it. then had a whole other second career. But in terms of these artists that we're talking about that only had one hit, it's more than one people get. I'm glad that most of them, when they do their shows, do the songs. And here we are 40, 30, 35 years later, still talking about them. So obviously they made their mark. So thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, John. This was Totally 80s, the podcast dedicated to the music of the greatest decade ever. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Totally 80s. And please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Until our next episode, catch you on the flip side. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.